Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Oh, welcome back to Wildcast Studios for another Wildcast Podcast episode, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, I am your host, Adam Lund, and again, another week, another circuit breaker. I am joined by your favorite co-hoster, this time from a secret location, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. Mr. Boucher, how are you? Yeah, the government of Brunswick can take this circuit breaker and <laughs> shove it up their ass. And that's been our political voice on the show. How are you doing, bud? Other than that, uh, doing good. Still yeah. surviving. Uh, you know those uh, those rapid COVID tests are uh, <clears throat> quite uh, painful in the nostrils. So oh, really? Once you have to do it, uh, you know, three times a week. But oh, yeah. here we are, and I uh, just finished a delicious poutine from uh, Smokes Poutinery. And uh, here, uh, downtown Moncton on Main Street, and I think I've talked about it before, but hashtag uh, not a sponsor, but we tried. Yeah, we tried. Get back to us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my go to is obviously the buffalo chicken boneless chicken wing yeah. one, and uh, it's just regular size or wow size. Tonight was a wow size. And how was, was that for you? Because I had a wow size the other time, and I probably got through. I think I had maybe just under a quarter of it left. Like that is a lot of food. It is a lot of food. Uh, I am not done it yet. We'll we'll save the leftovers for later. A little, <laughs> little bedtime snack. Little bedtime snack. Well, I, yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen the bedtime poutine snacks when we were in in Quebec there. So, uh, your trip in Fredericton, bud. How was it, bud, bro, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Fredericton oh, was for good. Rip, bud. How was uh, it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was really good. Uh, been a while since I've been downtown Fredericton. Really nice city. Yeah. Uh, lots of, uh, you know, obviously we were there when the uh, QP protests were, were going on outside the uh, New Brunswick legislature. So uh, a lot of honking and uh, hula, <laughs> lots of honking and uh, yelling and, and all that jazz. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they're, they're working hard to get uh, the, to get the right deal for themselves. As and, they should. Uh, yeah. hundred uh, percent. I fully support them. You know, as much as I want my little one to be in school, uh, I still want these, uh, you know, the teachers and the bus drivers and, uh, you know, the, the custodians and the janitors and, uh, you know, the nurses, uh, they deserve their fair uh, their fair share of, of a paycheck and mm-hmm. uh, fully support them. Uh, and, yeah, other, other than that, um, had some bomb-ass food. Sorry, I'm <laughs> swearing. That's my second, uh, you know, my second uh, ASS drop in, uh, within five minutes, but... Um, you ever been to the, uh, I don't know if it's the Snotty Fox or the Snooty Fox or no? I've been to Fredericton once. We just went for, uh, her friends got married up there, so we went to a, a reception at the golf course. So we didn't really explore Fredericton. We went to the mall because we had nothing else to do, and it was the only thing open on a Saturday afternoon. So we just kind of got in there, um, walked around. And then went for dinner at the golf course. So I really haven't gone to Fredericton for a mm-hmm. while. I would like to go. There's a Shake Shack up there too. Oh that's yeah, supposed to be pretty good. So yeah. I may have to get up there. But uh, how was the the restaurant? Really good. Yeah. Uh, so this place, um, I went for lunch and I was hungry. <laughs> so I, I decided to get some nachos as you are as you yeah. usually are for lunch. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I was hungry. Uh, so I got their 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 barbecue chicken nachos and so they put chopped pickles on them and uh literally just takes it to the next level um you know top notch chicken nachos probably the best i've ever had 
uh, big mountain of chips too, so you, you can't really complain. Um, and then <laughs> probably the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life at the Delta at the little uh, their little bar restaurant in the lobby of the hotel. Man, I swear to God, they gave you like a a, a breast and two thighs and, and fries on the side, and it's a it's called double crunch. Oh wow! And uh, this is like top. Uh, this is next level uh, fried chicken. So uh, I'm obviously a big uh, big fan of food, and uh, so took advantage of that, especially when the company's paying for it. <laughs> um, now. You did mention there was a place to get a haircut and a beer. Yes. Did, did you did you did you go to that haircut and a, and no, a beer place? No, no I okay. didn't. Uh, but yeah, it was like thirty four dollars for a haircut and a cocktail. <laughs> uh, and I walked past it. I walked past it like almost every day, and I was so tempted to go in, but uh, I don't think the uh, I don't think the the employer would expense uh, a haircut, <laughs> uh, so I, I I skipped it. Oh well, that's too maybe bad. next time. Maybe next time. Uh, all right, well, let's get into the uh, the mass Singer updates here. Uh, we had a Group B is back as the World Series is over. The Atlanta Braves are your World Series champions. Uh, it was it, it's been quite a sports year for me. I'm not gonna lie. The Bucks in February, now the Braves in uh, in November. I'm not as big a Braves fan as I used to be. Uh, I used to watch them every week on TBS, and then as it kind of went away, but it, it, it felt good to uh, stay up till 1:30 in the morning to watch them win the World Series. Uh, Basically a waste of a wild card. Uh, we had the yeah. beach ball. I mean, cool concept, cool uh, mask, I guess, if you will. You could have had a couple relevant pair in there. Uh, no, no, we got Honey Boo Boo and Mama June from the show Honey Boo Boo. Just a, I, just a literal waste of a wild card. Like, uh, I was so disappointed. They couldn't sing, so you knew they were going out, but just a waste of a wild card. Yep, um, very. Uh, couldn't put it better myself. An absolute waste. Uh, don't know why they went out and got them. You know, wild cards are supposed to be someone that's, uh, you know, a contender. Yeah. You know, like uh, they're like they're having Honey Boo Boo uh, uh, on the Mass Singer is like what's going on up in Bathurst right now. You know, they're supposed to be contenders, but uh, you know, they're they're clearly not. So um, <laughs> obviously, some. Uh, <laughs> Some room for improvement uh, if they're going to be uh, furthering their their wild cards in, in future seasons. Yeah, they they got to be better. Uh, it's funny the uh, the little bit of a slide in Bathurst. I wonder if that has anything to do with their podcast. But uh, oh, oh, I, I did man. see I did see that. We're we're not here to to throw shade. Uh, Queen of Hearts. Uh, I got to stick with Jewel. I it's a hundred percent for me. Jewel. Um, last week with the French song kind of threw me off, but when she sang. I just can't get off the fact that the, I, I believe that the jewel, dressed as a jewel, uh, with a crown on her head with jewels on it, mm-hmm. is jewel for me. Yep, uh, I'm with you. I, I finally narrowed it down to uh, I had Dolly Parton, I had Jewel, and I had mm. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, uh, but I've got uh, I've got Jewel. She's just got such a distinctive voice yeah. that you you can you can figure it out. Uh, Mallard, we're both going to go with the Duck Dynasty, Willie Robertson guy. Willie Robertson, 100%. Yeah. There's no other chance that it's somebody else. No, no I uh, where was I got the clues here, and there's there's a bunch of family clues this week, and uh, Love at First Sight and his, you know, the life they've built. So, yeah, I was like, I'm going to go with the Duck guy, and I, I figured out who it was. Um, banana Split, they kind of went a little bit retro. They talked about the banana playing the piano and stuff like that. I don't know if he's actually playing the piano or if he's just pretending. So, because I have no idea who it is, I'm just going to throw a shot in the dark. Uh, Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta, because it was a it was a very retro '50s look. They were in Greece. 
Uh, you know, they haven't worked together in a long time. So my next dart throw, Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta. Yeah, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know who this is. I have no guess. Um, you know, I keep mentioning that uh, Jenny's guess from their first week uh, as, as being, <clears throat> she sounded confident in it, but she hasn't said that name ever since. Yep. So I, I have no idea. I, I have zero idea who this is. And the, the fact that it's a pair just mm-hmm. totally messes with my brain. The only, I think the only duo, you know, one, the only two or more people I knew were off the bot was, was Hanson. Yeah. Uh, and just, just, I knew it. Uh, this one, I've got no idea. No, this one will be a shock when we get to the, uh, when it's finally revealed. And then Caterpillar, you know, I'm still sticking with a boy bander. They, he did sing, uh, Bye Bye Bye, which is an NSYNC song. Would an NSYNC guy sing that? Kind of sounded like Lance. I know there were a lot of cute uh, clues with the um, adoption and the family shunning you and stuff like that. You know, I know Lance's dad wasn't quite in the picture. I believe his mom was a single mom, so um, I'm showing how much I know about boy bands right there. Uh, so I'm just going to stick with Lance Bash because I've had that guest for the past couple weeks. I have Aaron Carter written down. Oh, uh, wouldn't that be something? Obviously, uh, Nick Carter, Backstreet Boys' brother. Yeah. Um, it, wouldn't necessarily call him a boy bander, mm-hmm. but I mean he's in that genre. Yeah, yeah. So, but you can tell it's it's that sort of a singer, right? Yeah. It's it's not um, it's not not an actor. It's not an athlete. It's it's a boy bander, and that's uh, that's I think the most obvious thing here. Yep. So we'll get into. Uh, I think next week is uh, or tonight is uh, Group A semifinal. So we'll have a few. More reveals there, and then we get into the finals. So, uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter, Moncton Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, on the TikTok, and eventually we will get back onto the YouTube. No quick question this week, so we're going to go for some news and notes around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. This is going to be probably one of our biggest segments. Uh, Looks like Hendrix Lapierre is on his way back to Bathurst, and it Pretty much couldn't come at a better time as that team is... Uh, they got Ben MacArthur back last game, I believe. Um, so they're going to get him back. I mean, they're on a bit of a slide. So getting him back from Washington, coming back from playing NHL games, um, it's just better for the league. And, and I kind of... This will set Bathurst straight and, and they'll be able to get into their contender and, and make some moves instead of trying to recoup this move plus additional moves. Yeah, this will be huge. Uh, I'm happy that this is happening uh, because I wouldn't want to see them pay that much for a player uh, for him to only stay in the NHL, even though there's yeah. probably conditions if he did make the NHL. But yeah. um, no, there, this is uh, this is much needed in Bathurst because uh, you know they, they had they were what they were six or seven losses in a row or something like that. Um, not good. Not, not good, good for a team that uh, obviously they won uh, their last game, so that uh, streak is over. But uh, yeah, it was uh, is this is needed. Yeah, two six zero oh, and two in the last ten. So yeah, that that, that needs to be better. Yeah, um, and you know, hopefully this is a wake up call too, uh, because uh, there's been some harsh criticisms of a one Cole Huckins. 
uh, up in Bathurst for being uh, what you would call a lazy arsehole. Um, so <laughs> Just want to stay away from that third SSS yeah. in, in um, 15 minutes. Yeah, so uh, of course the uh, lazy arsehole is a Calgary Flames draft pick, so that shouldn't <laughs> surprise anybody. Um, and yeah, so there's talks, uh, anybody that reads the message board, there's people talking about how he's on crutches or somebody saying he got sent home because he's not welcome on the team anymore. Uh, and uh, there's some people saying that, you know, he's going to be, if there's anyone that's going to put him back in his spot, it's going to be Andrew Slapierre. So we'll see if that, uh, if that comes uh, to uh, come, comes around. Cause yeah, Cole Hawkins is uh, you know, a big part of Bathurst, but yeah. uh, also at the same time needs to kind of maybe get his act together a little bit. Coach in the hot seat. Or wait till you get Hendrick Slap here back oh, and see what you have. Man, I, I, our friends up in Bathurst would say that the uh, DeRoche has been on the hot seat for about three years now. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say yes. Um, you know, I think that... Uh, not, I guess not. maybe not on the hot seat. It's getting warm. He hasn't had his full... I think that win, hot. I think their win saved on his job. Saturday or Sunday yeah. saved his ass. Wow. Sorry, that's my There it one. is. Three um, and 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, I think I'll just... Uh, I'm going to do the at sign, <laughs> at dollar, dollar sign. Um, so yeah, I, I honest to God, I think that was the job that uh, that win that saved him. Yeah. Uh, okay. If they don't pick up a neck, uh, you know, another couple wins here, uh, I think we're right back. I think he's in a hot seat. Uh, yeah. I just, you know, it's Bathurst though. Like it's, it's an organization who... They're starving for for money, and if they don't get the money this year, they're in trouble. So it's not a team that can go out and hire a big name. No. Um, so they they really need to get their ducks in a row here and and, and get that crap figured out. <laughs> well done, too. Well, like uh, I said crap to, instead of a. Uh, yeah, you know. no, I no, I appreciate that. <laughs> it all comes um, from the same spot, <laughs> and it's not going to be easy. I mean, they got Halifax, Shawinigan, Shakutami, uh, Moncton, Charlottetown. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that was going to be a tough stretch that they were in uh, without. Uh, MacArthur and Lapierre. So, you know, he's he's going to make a bit of a difference um, for them for sure. And, you know, we'll just have to see. Uh, Xavier Borgo and Maverick Bork both out for Shawinigan as they make their trip to the New Brunswick against St. John, Bathurst, and us on Sunday. As an Oilers fan, I'm a little sad that Xavier Borgo is not playing. I wanted to see him. Um, you know, as the guy that picked them to go to the President's Cup, Better an injury now than later in the uh, later in the season. Uh, a little bit closer to home, Etienne Moran was named to the U17 Capital City Capital City Challenge along with his coach Josh Heptich. You got any more praise for this kid? <laughs> uh, what else do I, I mean, have to yeah. say here? Um, He's ascending to you know. I think I think I picked him for rookie of the year for the Wildcats. Yeah. I said eventually he was going to yeah. get some playoff time, and I think. Bring in uh, Sammy Longname in, and him playing with Sammy Longname uh, got him. I don't want to say got him the spot because he's been mm. a good player, uh, no matter where he's been playing. But he's he's just kind of peaking right now and, and showing why he was taken in the second round. Steal, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, there's 100%. um, I, there's only maybe one other defenseman that uh, that might be having a better start to the season than 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 it's in Morass. So you're. You're at this point. You're looking at maybe the second best defenseman taken in the draft. So you're, and there was five or six taken. In, I think five or six taken ahead of him. So, um, you know, I know it's early, but I don't want to draw comparisons here. But you know, this is a player who's who's you know going to be able to put up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to throw out any comparisons because that would just be uh, you know inappropriate and possibly a jinx. You never know. But 
And we're we know about jinxes, so we're not gonna yeah we're not uh, gonna play that game for show. Yeah. Uh, we're not gonna touch that. But <laughs> he's he's showing why I was personally high on him, and uh, you know why the Wildcats were, were high on him as well. Yeah. And um, you know that's <laughs> if you look at that draft class, I mean six defensemen taken ahead of him. There you go. So six defensemen taken ahead of him, and if you look at the Wildcats draft class, you know the first five or six picks. Mm-hmm. You know, I think all five or six are going to play in the league. You know, like it's uh, we've already seen Preston Lounsbury play in the league. Uh, Mercier is going to play in the league. Byerson is going to play in the league. Luke McPhee uh, might Luke get McPhee. a cup of coffee in the second half of the season. Yeah, um, yeah, that first part of the draft looking real good. Yep. And there's usually one or two guys that come out of nowhere for, as late round picks. So, hey, if you can get you know five guys from your draft class in the lineup, that's good. And, uh, yeah, so Etienne Mourinho has really been uh, kind of a shining star uh, on, on the back end for, especially for a kid who probably didn't play any hockey last year at all. No. Uh, came in, won a spot, playing well, getting better every game. Can't ask for more than that. No, and he's proven that he deserves to be in the top line. And, um, you know, you get five players out of a draft class that's playing last year, the year before that. You got Loshing, Iacenza, Casey, Darcy, Dolomont, Mueller, Daniel, Oje, so there's seven right there that are making impacts, and that's what you need uh, from your scouting staff and from your GM to pick players that make impact, especially in a rebuild. And, you know, Josh absolutely 100% deserves the call to be on uh, the coaching staff there. Um, he got one win, right? He got his only win when he was the interim coach, I do believe. Um, so, and, you know, he's been uh, – as much as Dan Lacroix has been needed in this, Josh Heptage has also been the guy that's been, you know, the the mainstay on this group. So um, well-deserved for him. And Nick Paven uh, had a good month. He was named the player ambassador just yesterday. The player ambassador for Hockey Gives Blood, as well as he was the QMJHL Scholastic Player of the Month. So uh, we'll get into the QMJHL Team of the Week, as I see you're having some more of your poutine. As I can, yes, I am. I can see you, so I'll just uh, go through the team of the week here. <laughs> I got hungry again. I got hungry again. Just, yeah, yeah it, it's it, it sits it sits there for a few minutes, and uh-huh. then uh, you know, comes you're like, the, I need that. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Uh, Justin, once you burp a couple times, you know, it makes <laughs> creates room. No, I, I hey, I'm with you, hundred uh, percent. Justin Cote out of uh, Drummondville, three games, two goals, five assists. Xavier Cormier from Rumuski, three games, two goals, five assists. Brooklyn Kalmakoff, three games, two goals, four assists on the Wildcats road trip that we're going to get into in just a little bit. Jeremy Langlois from the Cape Breton Eagles, three games, two goals, two assists. Uh, Miguel Tournier from the Armada, two games, four goals, one assist. And I do believe he's the top-scoring defenseman in Blainville, correct? Now? I believe that's the record he got. I don't know about that. Okay. But I do know. He had like a third-period hat trick. Yeah. He scored two goals in the third period, and then the overtime winner. Yeah, against um, Drummondville, I believe so. I tuned in for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I look at the the stream, and there's like, oh, this game is tied with two minutes left. I'll I'll watch it and just kind of, uh, but yeah, having a good season and gonna get a uh, nice return at Christmas. I believe he was the uh, he was the player that uh, Johnny Rocket mm-hmm. wanted in Bathurst. So we'll have to see how that. And then the goaltender for the QMJHL Team of the Week is not the goaltender that we thought it would be. Um, it's Nicholas Herbertese, Herdebees, sorry, uh, for Victoriaville 0 one 
and one, a 9.33 save percentage, and a 1.97 goals against. Um, nothing against them, but uh, that that may foreshadow the uh, the goaltender that uh, we're going to talk about here in uh, in just a few minutes. But let's get to the uh, the wonderful road trip. Weekly rewind. So we're going to learn a lot about this team in the past two weeks uh, with three and three and then making their first road trip to Quebec since the first time since February 27th, 28th and March 1st of 2020. Uh, and well, they made a triumphant return to Quebec. They went three for three. They now got a record of nine, four, oh, and one for 19 points. Second in the Maritimes division, sixth overall, exactly where we predicted they would be after one month. <laughs> um I mean Wednesday in Bay Como, they got out to the uh, got out to the early lead. Um, got in a little bit of penalty trouble. Uh, and uh, a little. Yeah, a little, I'll say. Um, Bay Como got back into that one. Very interesting, uh, very interesting return to Quebec refing, uh, as we have had a, a year of uh, of away from that, um, with one of probably one of the worst goalie interference calls I've ever seen. Um, but they hung on. They got the shootout victory. Uh, we did see Philly on a net, which I kind of thought we might see him allow him to get his confidence back. That was two wins in a row. Um, should have been one of those games they kind of just put away, but they eventually got themselves into a little bit of penalty trouble, and uh, and Baycomo was allowed to get back in. I don't think you can really put it. In, <laughs> I think it's a pretty good way of uh, of, of explaining it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, one, one thing I kind of want to do uh, to start, uh, you know, every game now <clears throat> is a new thing we call "Tell Me Something Good." So uh, this is going to be the 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 new the debut of "Tell Me Something Good." <laughs> uh, and I'm going to try. Oh, to, I got to find that music. Tell me something, something good about. I'm going to try to <laughs> tell you something good about every single game that the Wildcats play. So right. this game in Baycomo, tell me something good is that Andrew Bellchamber of Baycomo, Baycomo can't hit a net on a penalty <laughs> shot. Um, so he missed the net completely on a penalty shot and then also missed the net completely in the shootout. Um, so that is your tell me something good moment for the uh, game against Baycomo. I forgot about that. That's what happens when you do the show weekly. I kind of forgot that he uh, completely missed the net. <laughs> Shooting at a soccer ball or a soccer net or something. Jesus. <laughs> Which, I mean, evidently worked out for us. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I like that. Now I'm excited to get to the, uh, to the next game, get to the Shikutami. Um, this one against a better team, Moncton probably loses this game given getting eight penalties. You can't give up eight penalties against good teams. Um, you know, these are the, the games where you're supposed to win against the, you know, Big Como, Shikutami's, Victoria Bills teams lower than you in the standings. Moncton was very good on the power play. Uh, three for five. It's kind of a theme of this road trip. They got the shorthander. Moran got the shorthander there. Uh, a big ice. They survived. They survived getting that uh, late five on three and Langwall getting the uh, getting the winner there. They against a better team, eight power plays. They they got into trouble and they 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 escaped. Yeah, it's just, this is one of those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive penalties they took. Uh, welcome back to Quebec refing. <laughs> yeah. Um, half of these penalties I don't even remember seeing no. uh, on the feed. No. Um, 
you know, obviously with the Olympic size ice, the camera might not be as, uh, you know, in a, in a good place yep. as it should be. Um, so by the sounds of it, a lot of these penalties were behind the play. Um, but, um, yeah, the, it's funny how we complain about Moncton taking seven consecutive penalties, but it was the three consecutive penalties by Shakutami at the end of the game. Yeah. That was the difference. Uh, you know, and you know, you got Mateo Mann, who's probably like six foot seven, who gets a delay of game. I mean, you're probably only flipping the puck up, you know, an inch off the ice just yeah. to, uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's a tough one. And for, that's for that's him. the winner. That's Langwall that's getting it. the winner right there. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so that's uh, that was the difference. I mean, you, you saw a lot of people complaining on Twitter about the amount of penalties Wilmington was getting called <laughs> for, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're gonna get a uh, power play with, uh, you know. Yeah, five, uh, 5.57 left, and then you're going to get a, uh, a delay game penalty literally four seconds after that one, and then you're going to yeah. get another one later in the game. It's, uh, yeah, you, you, in, a, in a tie game, though, those are the opportunities you cannot uh, miss, and no. uh, they, they took advantage of it, and that's clearly, that was the game. That was, you know, it's it sucked to see Moncton take so many penalties, but they, uh, they grinded, killed them all off, and then they got their opportunities, and... That was all they needed. PK was on fire, which on the big ice is a very dangerous game to play. And I uh, I think they were looked a little out of place on that big ice. Like it's a pretty good pretty good thing they only play there once a year. Um, you know, Shakutami outshot him twenty eight to nineteen, um, eleven five in the first, thirteen seven in the second. Uh, so you could definitely tell that Moncton just a lot of these guys playing their first time on this ice. It's a it's a very different uh, very different ice service and and we've got a guest that's going to talk about that especially for for Kachur and Nat who again rock solid yeah. got in there made some big mm-hmm. saves kept this thing uh, kept this thing tied or or uh, eventually shut the door. I, I don't think we really have to go into uh, an in depth conversation of just about how good he's really been. No. Uh, he, you know, for someone who is, he came in and you know he won the backup job, but he's literally been the reason why this team has been winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't, uh, you know, <laughs> hats off to him. You know, it's uh, he's he's done his job and won his job and done his job and continues to do his job, and that's uh, <laughs> you can't ask for more than that. Nope. Uh, but we want to tell you something good yeah. <laughs> about the shooting me game. So listening to Tim and uh, who we, we might have later on in the show yeah. if we haven't already uh, mentioned that. Yeah. But uh, Tim, an expert uh, play-by-play, uh, I'll tell you something good, Tim. Your, your pronunciation of Loris Rafemenensensoa is a professional <laughs> in the making. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've probably botched that myself, but it sounded good. Yeah. Uh, but Rafemenensensoa. Uh, uh, I wouldn't want to have his job yeah. to have a name like that in the on the fly of, like yeah. that quickly. Yeah, but if you listen to Scooby guys, they're like, blah, 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 and you're like, holy <laughs> crap! Like, you actually said it. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Rafa Menzoa. Rafa no Menzoa. Rafa Menzoa. I feel like if you just say Rafa Menzoa, you get Rafa, away with it on the player. I I I can't I can't really remember. Rafa no Menzoa. <laughs> We'll have to see if we remember to ask him that question. Yeah. So uh, uh, if we have him on here in a that's, little bit, I, that's that's uh, I'm telling you something good. Like the the fact that he can say that is uh, quite something. Yeah. That uh, and then the Sunday in Victoriaville, the back to back, 
This was a slow one. This was a very boring game for two periods, like just back and forth. Both teams coming off the back-to-back uh, nights as uh, I believe Victoria played Cape Breton the night before. Uh, they were the home team, but um, just nothing really going on. And then the Wildcats uh, in the 2 nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel gets that uh, game winner uh, that we used for his gift there. For getting that extra hour of sleep with a big right. celebration, and then uh... get an extra hour of sleep uh, Sunday <laughs> ni- Sunday night, but yeah. I was in bed by seven o'clock there. That uh, wow, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I'm feeling twenty two seals it. Uh, Thomas Auger, just kind of one of those find the puck, whack it in kind of goals uh, to nothing. And you know, I last week I said Fillion's going to play, should play against Baycomo, get his confidence up against a team that's got two wins. He has two in a row, and he rewarded that decision. Uh, by getting the uh, 22 save shutout uh, for Victoria or against Victoriaville in his fir- for his first QMJHL shutout, I mean this kid is seems dialed in in the past uh, at least past two games. I know he gave up four against Baycomo, but uh, you know he just seems like he's in a much better place, seeing the puck a little bit better. Uh, he just kind of seems dialed in. Yeah, and you gotta wonder like if it's. If all it all it took was a Quebec road trip, right, to go back to like your home province, yep. and you know, just I believe that he had a lot of family at that game. I too. imagine he did. I yeah. mean, um, I mean, he's from he's from Schwinnigan. He's from Schwinnigan. I mean, you're just going down, and you cut down Trois-Rivières, across to Trans Canada, and then you're you're pretty much in Victoriaville. So it's only about you know, maybe an hour, an hour and a half from his mm-hmm. from his home. So uh, you got to think he had some uh, some friends and family there. So. For him to go out and and get that shout out, uh, big for his big for him. Um, but yeah, you got to roll with it. Uh, hopefully, I I don't know. Do you you give Couture back to back starts against Shakutami, or do you throw them Fillion? Um, Fillion got the shout out. You keep yeah. You, that's you, that's you what I feel too. Yeah. Um, and then you see going because it's not back to back. So you give you give Fillion Shakutami, and if and if he plays well and and they pick up a W. You keep rolling with him because he he's your he's our guy he's our franchise guy yeah for sure and uh, no this really uh, you know the saves that he made towards the end of the game uh, to to not only get the win but also to get the shutout mm-hmm. uh, he made some key saves in the last uh, last two minutes when Victor had their their goalie pulled and uh, came through. You can tell me something good. Yeah, I'll tell you something good. <laughs> when that final buzzer went, yeah. that's you. that, uh, you're right. When you say that game was boring, holy, that was boring as ass. And all like well, that's uh, that's fourth and thirty minutes if you're keeping so track. That was tell you something good. That when that final buzzer went off, that was some uh, some boring game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you you talked about it last week. You saw you had uh, Lacroix's quote there. We were taking twenty three guys. We're all mm-hmm. gonna play. We saw Nick Blagden um, instant. Juice for that bottom six. I thought he uh, inserted himself in the lineup quite well, and I he had a couple chances uh, in the Victoriaville game. I think he took a turnover right in the slot, just about scored. So, um, you know, Sammy Longname got in the lineup. The you know he's had an impact on Moran. He's had an impact on the power play. This power play was five for or seven for sixteen, I believe. Um, so as they started to get better, they started to get wins. Blagden on that bottom six, I think he he he's good for an OJ. He's a bigger body. Maybe gives OJ a little bit more freedom out there. Yeah. Um I, I still obviously have we haven't seen him yet in person. So no. but 
you know, it's his. I, I hope he has uh, some sort of an influence on the team. Uh, he was he was brought in for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously being a veteran, provide some leadership. Uh, you know, it's um, he's obviously going to be someone that if if you need to if you need to fight, uh, he's he's definitely the one that's going to get the uh, going to get the call. And uh, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what he what he brings. Uh, you know, obviously we didn't get to see him at all last year because he was in Blainville. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember much about him from two seasons ago because I have short-term memory. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, he, he clearly knows what role he has to play, and if he continues to play that role, then he will be effective. Yep, I like the uh, I like all the the lines they got going. Um, you know, that Barbashev, Labelle, Kalmakov, they've found some some uh, some chemistry, and I think the Stuart Pavin Danielle line, you know, it, it's been the top line on the the lineup sheets. But for me, that's a, it's been a heck of a shutdown unit there. And I think they've just found a nice nice chemistry all the way around with all the players. We'll have to see um, if they're completely healthy. I know that Loshing didn't play uh, against Victoriaville. So, um, all right. So, I mean, it was, it was a, a great sweep. Uh, we were able to get that one in Quebec. And as much as Jeremy and I love pumping this team up, we figured why not bring in a guy that was on the road trip, uh, the voice of the Wildcats, Tim Roselle, to talk about being on the road trip. Uh, Tim, how are you tonight? Doing okay, a little sleepy, but <laughs> uh, you know, recovering well from the road trip, and uh, glad to be back uh, in New Brunswick. And and uh, you know what, it was uh, it was a good trip. I thought the guys overall performed very well, and uh, it's nice to nice to be able to, to do that on the, the first road trip, the first Quebec road trip that they've had. Uh, you know, in almost two years, and uh, uh, but certainly nice to be back home. I know we've got another one coming up in a couple of weeks, but uh, you know we'll we'll enjoy this one for a couple more days before we've got more game action to come. For sure, and like uh, like Pat was saying, it was weird. You went back in time by the hour, and then when you came here, you got you went back in time again. I guess the the obvious first question, first road trip, you got on the bus. How many hours did it take before you were like, oh yeah? This is what these Quebec road trips are like. Yeah. Uh, well, see, here's the thing, because we left for that road trip. Uh, we left Avenir Center at six o'clock in the morning on Tuesday Ooh. because we had a we had a ferry that we had to catch in Riviera Duluth. Normally, we would go up uh, through Campbellton uh, to Mactan and catch a ferry that goes directly across to Bay Camon. You get off the boat and you're like five minutes from the hotel. Um but the ferry, that ferry uh, in particular, was not running at the time that we needed it. So we had to take a longer route. And that meant leaving earlier. So, uh, so yeah, so we left Avenue Center at 6 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. We arrived in Bacamo, uh at the Henry Leonard Center. I want to say it was about a quarter after 5 in the evening. Uh, and that's Eastern time. So, you know, you're, you're looking at roughly a 12-hour trip to get there and we we did stop um you know we got off the bus on the ferry that we took uh and uh, there were a couple of opportunities for us to stretch our legs but uh but yeah just uh, i mean a few hours into that it's like oh yeah okay i, I remember <laughs> this this is what it was like so long day but uh you know it uh, in the end it was obviously worth it because uh, you know we played very well 
just getting a that that sounds great. I mean, it's it's I, I can only imagine what it was like to get back on the road and and uh, and, and travel again. I guess if you want to you want to put it that way. Uh, what was the mood like uh, with with the team? Like, uh, were they super stoked to to kind of get out of the Maritimes for for once? And I guess for for some of these players to to actually see their families. Yeah, I think so. And and you know, as you say, especially for the for the Quebec-born players, that you know, uh, if they're in the second year with us, they didn't get a chance to play in front of their families last year. Um, and, uh, and for the, for the first year guys, just being able to, to play on, uh, on home provincial soil, um, you know, uh, it, it, it was a, a good experience, I think for them. And, and, uh, you know, the Wildcats only had a handful of players that would have even played in, in Vancouver or Shakutami or, or Victoriaville before. So, uh, just to, you know, the Overall, I thought it was really good uh, right off the start. Uh, the players have gelled quite nicely. I think a trip like this uh, only helps with that too, and 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 winning certainly helps that. But just being being away as a group and and not just for an overnight trip. You know, this was a trip that was uh, you know five nights long, and and uh, and the guys got to hang out together and really really bond. And uh, so I think you know the the mood was was pretty good to start and just kind of kept on getting better as the team kept winning so uh you know it was uh, it was a, a jovial group and, and uh you could tell though when when we were in especially in chicotomy and in victoriaville uh with those uh, those quebec born players that, that did get to see their families a lot of family members took the time to come out and uh and see their uh, you know see their loved ones uh, on the ice and uh, you know it wasn't uh, it wasn't just a mom or a dad it was the the, the aunts and uncles and the grandparents and and the brothers and sisters and and uh, and some friends and things like that big big crowds of of wildcat supporters and and, and supporters of uh, you know of, of their loved ones so really really nice to see really heartening to see and something that uh, you know that uh, you almost forgot about a little bit um, you know, because we haven't had those trips and, and, uh, you know, not that the trips two, three, four years ago didn't mean anything, but the, you know, this was different. And, uh, so, you know, it was, it was really nice to see the families on the trip. And I think the guys really, really enjoyed that and fed off of it too. So we're talking here with uh voice of the Wildcats, Tim Roselle. Um, you know, on the ice, uh, you know, early on in the year, you know, preseason, I talked about what this power play lacked or needed uh, early on in the year i mean they were 12 percent. the road trip they go six for or seven for 14 i think it was or seven for 13 um was that a, a a point of contention on this road trip was to get this kind of power play fixed because once the power play seemed to get fixed a little bit they started to string some wins together was there a concerted effort on the road in practices when they were kind of away from from moncton and they could kind of focus on things do you think I would say so, and I think you know. I don't think the coaching staff was really panicking about it. I think they they saw some things about it that they that they did like before they made some changes, um, and then you know as as things kind of moved along, and in, in particular in the uh, uh, you know in the in the even in the Charlottetown game before we left, uh, you know there was the subtle change, and it was very simple on the top unit of moving. Uh, Brooklyn Kalmakov from the from the right wing half wall to the left wing half wall and putting Johan Lotion on the other side. Uh, and all of a sudden Kalmakov scores power play goals from almost the exact same spot in in back-to-back games. And uh, and then on top of that, 
the other power play unit started working as well. And, and it became, um, you know, it became a little bit of a, of a mishmash. The, the, the top power play unit got broken up a little bit and, and split. Uh, and then the two power play units were, were kind of reshuffled a little bit. And you had Maxim Barbashev on, on the Drew's Ty Bell unit. And you had, uh, you know, you had some other guys uh, with some time on the, uh, on the top unit as well. I thought, uh, you know, both power play units, played extremely well and i think it is nice to see you know the power play doesn't work until it works and, and it's one of those things where all of a sudden you know you might you might make a change or you might not but just as soon as you get one all of a sudden a big a big weight is lifted and as you pointed out we started that trip the wildcats did with four power play goals in their first 10 games and uh and and then they got what seven on the trip so yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a heck of a shift. That's for sure. Um, I think Samuel DeGrosier being back in the lineup has, has meant a lot to the man advantage. I think he's finding his form. Um, you know, he wasn't necessarily a huge offensive guy in big or in uh, the Boisbriand, but, um, but certainly a guy who could, uh, you know, who could provide that, uh, that stability on the back end. And I think once he started to get a little bit more comfortable, maybe a little bit more in the game shape, uh, I think uh, I think his presence back there has meant a lot. I think the ascension of Etienne Morin has really meant a lot, uh, not only to the power play, but just to the Wildcats' overall game. Uh, and, and like I said, with the changes that they made with forward, the, the, the swap that they made with Kalmakov and, and Loshin, uh, uh, you know, Francis Langlois got a power play goal, a two-man advantage goal in, in Shikunami the other day. Um, you know, the, the buttons that, that Dan McClaw and Josh have pitching Nick McNeil and Antoine Samuel are, are, are pushing right now are, are the right ones uh, for those uh, for those power play units. And, and, you know, you hope from a Wildcats perspective that that they can continue that, because if the power play is rolling, uh, you know, it just it, it puts the puts the major fear into those opponents. Oh, we're we're in the box here. Uh, you know, might not burn us on this one, but, you know, we're going to get more and, and something's going to go by. And, and then it, uh, it really starts to put a seated down in the opponents. So. I, you know, just to sort of circle back to your original question, I, I do think there was a conscious effort to, to, to tweak it, not to change it much, but to tweak it and just find something that, uh, something that would work. And, and, you know, at, at this point they have found it. it. Will they change it again? Absolutely. They'll have to over the course of time. But, um, but right now this is going and it's going okay. It's kind of what I mentioned is that so with Sammy Long name is once they got into the zone in this, in this trip, He's able to just settle the young guys down because early on in the year, when you were able to get to Moncton on the power play, you were able to to disturb them. And I think I think Sammy's uh, he's very much made a big big difference for this for this club. Yeah, Brooklyn Kalmakov too. I don't think we should discount what uh, what he's meant. When you have both Brooklyn and Sam in the lineup, uh, you know those are two guys that have that have been through. Uh, you know, combined about 400 games in this league, and they they know what what needs to be done. They know how to settle things down. They know how to get the puck in the offensive zone and and help get things set up. And they know how to keep things moving and and to to be deceptive on the man advantage. Find those holes, find the little seams that they need to find to to you know to really become uh, threats on the power play. And I, I think Brooklyn has been a real real uh you know a real strong addition to this team in a lot of different areas and, and the power play i think is is one that's really starting to come too 
Uh, one player we saw uh, make his Wildcats debut uh, was uh, was Nick Blagden. Uh, what did you see from Nick uh, on the road trip, and and what can we expect to see from him? Uh, you know, coming up uh, here in Moncton. Uh, from Nick, I, I felt like I saw what was pretty much advertised. He's a guy with a lot of size. Uh, he's a guy that can skate pretty well. He's quite physical. He likes to get his nose dirty. Um, you know, he's not afraid of going to corners. He's not afraid to mix it up. And, uh, and he's, he's a presence out there. Um, you know, Wildcats uh, on this current team that don't have a lot of, 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 you know, players with size that are physical. And, uh, and Blagden's one of them for sure. He's, he's even just him being out there, you know, teams know when he's out there. And, and I saw guys pull up when he was coming in, bearing down on them, chasing after a loose puck in the offensive zone or, or what have you. So, you know, his, his presence certainly makes a difference out there. I think he, I think he brings, um, you know, brings a confidence to the, to the players that he plays with. Uh, you know, he, uh, he played, he started the weekend, um, with uh, with Thomas Auger and, and Miles Mueller and and uh, Mathis Cloutier got into that game uh, in Victoriaville uh, and uh, and I thought that uh, you know uh, Blagden was also spending some time with Jake Stewart uh, on the line um, but it, it really didn't matter who he was playing with I, I just I thought he was effective he didn't it, it wasn't pretty it didn't have to be pretty for him um, but but it was effective and uh, you know he. He obviously uh, he obviously knew somebody in uh, uh, in uh, in me because he, he got a phantom assist on that uh, that power play goal at the end of the game there and he wasn't even on the ice so uh, it was uh, it, it was pretty funny to see but good to see Nick back out there I know uh, just in, in talking to the coaches in particular how frustrating it was for him to not be able to start the season uh, you know as a as an older guy with with some experience in the league. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, he's a welcome addition back to the lineup for sure. <laughs> yeah, they don't ask you how. They just ask you how many assists you got. And right now he's on the board for <laughs> right. for one. Uh, you know, being with this club, we, we've we talked a little bit about goaltending this year. And and uh, Vinny had a bit of a tough go. Uh, Couture was, was there to take the reins. Uh, Fillion's got now three wins in a row. Um, you know, obviously the team has confidence in either goaltender, but, you know, this is a you know, a group that you see a lot. Just talk about the goaltenders on this trip and just kind of how they feed off each other in, in terms of getting big victories and, uh, you know, working with uh, working with each other to, to, to be good in, in the net for us. Yeah, you know what? I, I thought they were both terrific on the trip. And, uh, you know, you look at the game against Baker and you think, well, uh, Vinny allowed four goals and he allowed two goals in the third period that, that cost Monk in the lead and, and, yeah, the team won in the shootout. But, uh, you know, if, if you watch that game, he made a lot of really good saves. And, and, uh, and you know, there was a reason why Moncton was able to lead as long as, as it did. And it was because of his play. He, he was a real, real big key in that victory for Moncton in Vicomo for sure. And, and um, you know, there were one, maybe two goals that, that he might want to have back in that game. But I thought overall he was terrific. Um and, and really, he only topped it with, with the shutout game in Victoriaville. I mentioned it on the air that I thought in Victor, I thought he tracked the puck really well. Uh, part of that is a credit to the defense, allowing him to see as much as he possibly could. But there were some that uh, I remember there was one in particular. It was a shot from the line that 
that he made the save on, and then the rebound came back off of, I want to say it was Connor Olson uh, in front of the net. And as he's sliding to his right, he kicks the left leg back out to be able to prevent that, that pinball shot from, you know, from getting in behind him. I just thought he was, he was on the puck. He was, he was really, really following it well. Uh, And the, the shutout against Victoriaville was, was well-earned. And, you know, equally as strong, I, I thought Thomas Petrar was excellent in Chicoutimi. That's not an easy building to play in. It's, it's Olympic-sized. It changes all the angles. Uh, the puck comes off the backboard. It's hot. It came over the net a couple of times, Adam. Um, and, and I thought that, uh, you know, he, there were a couple of glove saves that he made off of Felix LaFrance in the third period that uh, I, I don't know if they made the, the goaltending highlight reel for the week, but... Uh, they absolutely should have because, uh, you know, they were two of the better love saves that I've seen all season. And uh, it, it's really nice to see. I, I thought uh, Thomas Couture, his first game for the Wildcats was kind of rough. Uh, but really, as he settled in, he's been dynamite for a month. And I, I think he's helped Vince Filiot find his game as well. But he's been really good the last, really the last three games on this three-game stretch that he's won. And uh, and he's he's finding his game too, and I think that's only going to bode well for Moncton. I think the more that the more confidence that Vince shows, the more we're going to see Philia in net. He's the future of the of the goaltending on this team. For sure, there's no question about it. Um, and uh, and if he continues to ascend the way that uh, that he has over the last few games, uh, you know that's that's only going to mean good things for Moncton. And and Couture makes a, a real good partner for him, a guy that. He's getting a second chance to play in the league and and uh, and really seems to be making the most of it. So, you know, goaltending is always key uh, when it's on and it's always key when it's off. And uh, and the Wildcats were, were quite fortunate that they were both on on this trip and, and very key contributors to the six points. So looking ahead, uh, game Friday night against uh, Shakutami uh, <laughs> and Sunday afternoon against uh, Schwinnigan. Um, you got five, win- five wins in a row right now? Five wins in a five row. Five in a row right now. Um what are they going to do to get it to get it to seven? Uh, obviously, we know Shakutami, uh, and we'll have kind of a um, as H- I, I don't like to say this a depleted uh, Shawinigan lineup if you want to put it that way. Um, what do you see as being, uh, I guess, the the keys to victory in these uh, two upcoming games? Well, I th- I think a lot of what uh, what the Wildcats did on the road can work at home too. Uh, one of the things that Dan Lacroix mentioned to me, and he's he said this more than once, is is that. Uh, you know, we, we don't have to, to paint a Picasso here. We just need to paint the barn and get the job done. Um, and I, I think one of the keys for this Moncton team, because, you know, you look at this club and there, there aren't a lot of really proven goal scoring talents on this team. Um, so it's one of those things where you, you can't, as a team, get overconfident. You can't be too fancy. Uh, you know, you have to rely on what works and, and what has worked to this point. And that includes, uh, you know, good, solid four checks and, and taking momentum early. Uh, you know, teams always, uh, you know, when they go on the road, they talk about weathering the, the first 10 minutes and things like that. The Wildcats have to make Shakutami and Schwinnigan feel that first 10 minutes and, and, and build off of that as they move along. I, I think obviously an early goal would be key in in both of those games for Moncton but uh, at the very least getting momentum because one of the things that we saw on this trip is that the Wildcats because they don't have uh, a lot of proven goal scoring on this team you don't have to look at one line or one player and say we need this guy to score 
or we need this line to score, otherwise we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. You can get those goals from Alexi Daniel or Thomas Auger, um, you know, or Miles Mueller or uh, Jonas Tybell. You can get the goals from from those guys. Etienne Morin, who would have thought Etienne Morin would have a shorthanded goal, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and four goals in his last five games. Um, you know, you're, you're going to get goals and, and the Wildcats when, uh, you know, one of the big reasons why they're playing real well right now, aside from goaltending is the fact that they are getting that distribution and scoring. So, you know, they'll need that because they don't have, you know, other than maybe a Brooklyn Kalmakov, they don't have the, the proven goal scoring on this team that, you know, that other clubs rely on. They need all those guys to, to be able to pick up the slack and, and score goals. And, and, uh, and when it happens, you know, it, it really, it doesn't seem to matter who it is. It, it's, it's uplifting to the bench when you see, uh, you know, when you see a player get one. And um, so, you know, I, I think getting off to a good start uh, in, in those games will definitely be key. Shakutami will be playing the first game of its three game trip. Uh, Shawinigan, I think will be ending its trip, uh, in, in that game on Sunday. And, and as you say, even without the, you know, Borgal and, and, and Bork, um, Shawinigan is, is still a dangerous team. They're still a team that, uh, you know, is, is viewed as one of the better teams in the league. And we see it all the time when we saw it last year with the Wildcats in, in the playoffs, when they dealt with so many injuries to, to key players, when key guys are out of your lineup, it's, it's just instinctual that, uh, that, uh, you know, that player that other players step up and, and really find their games. And the Wildcats cannot look at Schwinnigan on Sunday and say, Oh, they're, they're missing their two bed, two best guys. This is going to be a, uh, you know, a, an easy afternoon, an easy couple of hours. Uh, it won't. Uh, Schwinnigan just doesn't play that way. And uh, so, you know, it, it's it's going to be an interesting weekend for Moncton. This is an interesting schedule for them right now. This will be games four and five uh, out of a stretch where they play 12 games of 15 against Quebec opponents. It's a, a, an odd makeup to the schedule this year. Um, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a test because these are teams that they don't see very much. They're, they're fortunate that they saw Shakutami last week. Uh, I've been hearing as well that uh, that there's a good chance we could be bringing in Kevin Broussard, who they picked up in the trade last week with mm-hmm. uh, with Bathurst. Uh, whether he would play against Moncton on Friday or not, uh, I don't know. But uh, but Broussard is playing for Miramichi right now, and uh, and I was told that there's a very good chance that he comes up to Shakutami on this trip and and maybe beyond. Uh, so you know, if Shakutami has a new goaltender in there, then they're going to be amped up too. And, uh, so, you know, it'll be, it'll be a fun weekend one way or another. Uh, it'll be nice to have them back, uh, and and see if they can, they can get to six in a row, get to seven in a row and just see how far they can take this. Uh, it's a very confident bunch right now. Um, you know, I I don't want them to get overconfident though. Uh, I do know that Moncton is dealing with some banged up players right now. I, I think there's a good chance that Johan Loshing, uh, is a, a, a big, big question mark for, for this weekend. Uh, and I think there are a couple of other guys that are question marks as well. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's something that the Wildcats will have to deal with. Uh, when uh, when a guy goes down, they've had a, other players step in and step up and and uh, and we'll see what they see what they can do. But, uh, you know, it'll be a it'll be a fun weekend one way or another to see a, a couple of teams in Moncton that we haven't seen in Moncton in quite a while. Yeah, it's you're 100 percent correct. It's uh, this if there's a mantra of, or an identity of this team, 
when somebody goes out, they just plug somebody in and the and the system works and they're able to to make some hay. Uh, before we let you get out of here, we have to get your teddy bear toss goal pick uh, this Sunday against Shawinigan. Uh, if you Ooh. had to pick a name, uh, Jeremy and I will give ours at the end of the show. Uh, so if, if you want to pick a name, you have you have first dibs. Ooh, all right. Um, I'm going to say for Teddy Bear, I'm going to say Francis Langlois. All right, Francis Langlois. I think he scored it. Okay, so we will be listening. So if he scores it, you got to say as predicted on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. We appreciate uh, you taking the time. We uh, we love having you on, and we uh, we appreciate everything you do calling the games for the uh, the Wildcats, man. So have a great rest of the season, and we'll uh, we'll definitely have to get you on again for sure. Yes, please do. Let me know and uh, anytime. And uh, I look forward to it. Thanks for all your support, and uh, and go Cats this weekend. For sure. Thanks, Tim. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, yeah, that's uh, you know, it's always good to catch up with Tim. Uh, you kind of wonder what these uh, these play-by-play guys that are going to join the road, how long it actually takes for them to be like, "Yep, this is a road trip." Um, I know Pat was in was having a, a good old time uh, on his road trip there with uh, with Kate Breton. Oh, 6 a.m. call to leave the Avenir Center. That is a that is a long day on a bus. That's why you should go one of those booster club van bus trips, man. Yeah, I would love to. The, one, the ones they they do to Quebec. Yeah, um, good times. I've never uh, good times. Have you leave, been on one? <laughs> oh, years ago. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, those those are fun. Uh, I know uh, Tim touched up on that phantom assist. Well, it's no longer Nick Blackman. Oh. Uh, they they have correctly uh, placed it to Samuel Degrossier. Oh, yeah, that was the lotion goal, I think. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. With less than a minute left, so yeah, it's now with Loshing from Ty Bell and uh, and De, De Grossier. So there you go, the uh, Phantom Assist is off the board. <laughs> like I said, it's not how you get them; it's how many you get. Uh, so we got a couple games this weekend. Uh, we get a rematch with Shakutami on Friday in the Era Night, and then Sunday we've got the Teddy Bear Toss as the best team in the queue. You wouldn't know it's Teddy Bear Toss. No, it's no, you wouldn't know it's Teddy Bear Toss unless you look at their Facebook. Uh, header but or our, our twitter or our twitter i would look at our twitter it's probably easier to find it there uh against the best team in the league is lavalet and Schwinnigan come to town uh second time we get to see lavalet if he plays we saw what we saw with shakutami um you know tim touched on it they may have brassard in mm-hmm. goal uh Schwinnigan, no bork nor borgo i just don't but they have Charles Antoine Lavallee. They do. Whether he'll play or not, I don't know. I would hope he does. I hope he does. I think I'll go check. Free Lavallee. Free. Oh, that'd be neat. We can bring that <laughs> hashtag back if he doesn't play. Um, I'm just gonna go see what their schedule is because they're they're doing the three and three. I do believe uh, against Bathurst, uh, St. John, and us. Where is Schwinnigan? This is a team that you know I predicted was going to get to the Memorial Cup final. Or not the Memorial Cup final, the Presidents Cup final. You know they're ten and three. They're one of the hottest teams in the queue, but they're they're gonna miss some some players here. So, yep, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Schwinnigan St. John on Friday. Schwinnigan Bathurst at four o'clock against in Bathurst, and then at four o'clock Sunday. And that's a tough trip Martin. for them. Yeah, that's a really tough trip. Yeah, that's all the way down to St. John and come back up to Bathurst and mm-hmm. come back down to. Whoever did a little favor there on the schedule, we appreciate that. But uh, you know, this is one of the best teams in the queue. They, I think, the last time they came through with uh, Halifax, uh, Charlottetown, I think they went 
three and zero if I if I remember correctly. So, you know, what do you, what do you what are you expecting out of this weekend? Because for me, I don't want to be the downer, but I don't know if they're gonna get a W on Friday, and if they do, it might take some extra time because generally, coming off that long road trip, and whether you're playing in junior hockey or you're playing in college hockey, you're playing in the NHL. You hear players say it all the time. The long road trips, that first home game is always the toughest. Um, they get a week off. I just don't. Uh, I don't know if they're gonna. Obviously, I hope they do, but I just I worry about that first one against Shakutami. Um. See, I don't know about that because for me, it's it's not like they're back on the ice. You know, two days later. Yeah. Uh, they. You know, they probably get back. Sunday night, I would think. Sunday night, maybe. Uh, off on Monday, uh, light skate Tuesday, and then practice Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know, it's uh enough to you know two, you know two full practices and then a light skate. I mean, it's to me that that gets them ready to go for a game on Friday. You know, mm-hmm. we're not talking about yeah a turnaround of you know less than twenty four hours and you're back on the ice. It's true. Uh, they've got their legs back, in my opinion. And I think they should be ready to go Friday. Uh, they want to build on this uh, on this winning streak and continue to prove the the naysayers wrong that you know it's uh, you know there's I don't think anybody saw them being fifth overall in the league uh, a fifth of the way through the season. No. So it's uh, what they're doing is is very promising right now, and you know I know we said it last year that. Uh, after Christmas was going to be a bit of a drop, but you know they kept winning games. So mm-hmm. for us to turn around and say that after Christmas is going to be a drop, well, we don't really know that. Uh, they can, um, they can, they've they've shown they can surprise some people. And and Tim touched on it. They had a really weird schedule. They had a lot of uh, maritime based teams in October, which I gotta believe was by design because we didn't know what kind of season we we're going to have. Now they're in a stretch where they've got, what do you say, 12 of 15 against Quebec-based teams. Mm-hmm. And aside from Quebec and Shawinigan, they're all teams that right now are below the Moncton in the standings, given where they are. But right. they're the teams, you know, I guess other than Quebec, Shawinigan, and maybe Drummondville, these are all teams that we should be beating or we should very much competing with with the Chicoutimis, the Victoriavilles, Baycomos, uh, Valdor and Aranda. So this is a nice pocket for them to get a lot of confidence, a lot of wins going into what could be a very tough uh, January, February. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it looks uh, it looks like you know that this could be an opportunity for them to put some more points on the board. Uh, but uh, we don't want to go and and start uh, you know praising this team because no, we no. did that three years ago <laughs> and uh, after they came home from a what a, probably a three game Quebec road trip and we were. Yeah, absolutely. Chris's uh, famous line. Yeah. No, I think it was me. Will this team ever lose again? Yes. And uh, uh, so we're not going to play that game. So we're not going to do that again because we want to see this team continue to win. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it would be nice to, you know, not necessarily stay fifth overall, <laughs> but uh, you know, stay at least in the top uh, top half of the of the league after you know going into the Christmas break. Yeah. This and. <laughs> Month and a half out, but no matter what where this team is, this is a stay the course. This is you're gonna move some pieces to get better next year. There's no buying for a, a win in a round or two. This is very much <laughs> stay the course, and whatever happens in the playoffs is uh, 
is an extra bonus for me, correct? Well, it's it's a good thing we got Richie Tebow calling the shots because if uh, <laughs> yeah. you know if it was still uh, Mr. Irving saying uh, telling telling whoever it was to call the shots, we'd probably be all in this year. So, uh. <laughs> no, this is uh, yeah, this is a uh, stay the course and uh, whatever we get, we get. Uh, are you ready for the uh, everyone's favorite part of the show? Yeah, why not? All right. Which now before I play. The intro to everyone's favorite part of the show, you've had that intro for about five years, but we have now redone the intro. We are honored. Uh, here you go. Eric Murray, realtor, buy our house from him. Stick that of the week. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, this might sound a little different and new to some people. Uh, so we've had the same jingle for a few years now, yeah. but uh, we've decided to... We uh, didn't decide anything. It well, just yeah, showed up on our uh, Facebook. Johnny just sent us uh, <laughs> sent us that to our yep. Facebook, and uh, we thought he would use it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that might be a new uh, the new <laughs> jingle that gets signed off by Eric Murray himself. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, always nice to 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 hear his voice <laughs> on the show, even though he's not uh, technically here with us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we've 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 reached the uh, the stick tap of the week, and um, so this one's more of a and we've done some food, and we've done some people. Uh, this one's more um, of, a, of a special cause. Uh, you know, coming up this Saturday, um, there's gonna be a Beaver Tail fundraiser uh, for for Jeannie Bork. Um, so, if you don't know the name Jeannie Bork, um, she's the wife of uh, of Ray Dunn. Uh, Ray Dunn's a uh, you know well known uh, football personality um, here here in the Maritimes. You know, first down sports, first down. sports. First, First down, down sports, sports podcast. podcast. That's a yeah. that's tongue uh, tongue twister. <laughs> um, so Jeannie was diagnosed with uh, with breast cancer in, in 2015, and uh, she was deemed cancer free in, in a couple of years later, 2017. Uh, but then again, in 2019, she was uh, re-diagnosed, and she's now a stage four patient. So um, they're gonna be doing a, a fundraiser for for Jeannie uh, this Saturday at the um, uh, Beaver Tales. Uh, not at Beaver Tales, but uh, Beaver Tales fundraiser. Uh, it's going to be held at fifteen forty one Mountain Road, which is, uh, you know, that parking lot where it was like Trinity Collision Center and Marshlands and Harvey's, and you know, if you drive past that uh, that area every weekend, it's where the Alma Lobster Truck is always parked. So um, that's going to be held this Saturday, um, twelve thirty to four thirty. So uh, if you've got the opportunity to get down there. Uh, purchase a beaver tail. Uh, my personal favorite is the avalanche. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, help is that the real one. I think it's the the com like the whole everything. Oh okay. Yeah. Um, it's like the avalanche. It's yeah. gonna avalanche to your thighs. So um, <laughs> <laughs> to your waist, uh, your waist area. Uh, so if you have a chance to get down there, um, you know we really would uh, would appreciate if you could do that. Uh, it's for a great cause, uh, and I think that's kind of what the point of this TikTok was, was to kind of, you know, uh, I know the uh, Scotty and Tony show, they do their, uh, the, they raise their, their foam, their giant foam yep. cowboy hats, you know, and this is what, this is what part of the show is all about, where um, we recognize, uh, you know, good, good people uh, doing good things, and uh, this is what it's all about. So, again, um, this Saturday, uh, 1230 to 430, at uh, 1541 Mountain Road. Beaver Tales fundraiser for Jeannie Bork. Um, get on down there and uh, get yourself a, a, an old-fashioned one or an avalanche one or uh, I think there's an apple cinnamon one too, but uh, they're all good. And like I said, they go straight to your thighs. <laughs> the Stick Tap of the Week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. 
If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. Yeah, it always, was, it always goes back to food somehow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, this is a, if you're going to eat, you might as well eat for a good cause, yeah, right? Exactly. And, and donate to this because I believe all the proceeds go to it. And yeah, I mean, if you've been on a bike path in the last year or two years, you've probably seen Jeannie Bork um, riding for her... Uh, Doctors Against Cancer. Um, you know, the array has been, uh, you know, when I first moved out here, I was like, let's see if there's any podcasts out in New Brunswick, Moncton, New Brunswick. I found a sports one. You know, I interacted with him and Andy. Um, he was a big influence on starting this show, where this show has grown to. Um, so it's, if you have a chance to get out there, you, uh, you definitely need to, because who doesn't love, uh, who doesn't love beaver tails? Oh, like I like the Oreo one. I wish the Nutella one, the Reese one. Mm. I wish it wasn't Nutella. I wish it was chocolate. That was mm. if that was chocolate peanut butter Reese's. Oh, yes, please. But uh, yeah, no, that was a that was an excellent stick tap, bro. Good, uh, good one. I like that one. Merci, Bucktouche. <laughs> uh, all right, now we get to the Rosemary Lynn Massage Wildcat Wildcast of the Week. Uh, she's back for another season. They're having a very special discount right now. 15% off for all healthcare workers and first responders. Just go to rosemarylindmassage.business.site. Download the coupon until January 1st, 2022. And if you want to book an appointment, just give her a call at 506-830-1224 or listen to this show in about three minutes on uh, how we're going to Try this giveaway thing again for a coupon for a 60-minute massage. This one's an easy one, and I'm going to write the wrong made by the QMJHL team of the week. I talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, this goes to a player that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's battled all year. He's now won three games in a row. Uh, last week, he went 2-0, a 927 save percentage, and a 1.92 goals against average, including his first QMJHL shutout against... Herbie and the uh Hertibees. Hertibees. Yeah, I get I get thinking too quickly. Hertibees. Hertibees <laughs> and Victoriaville Tigra. It is number 31 Vincent Filion. He's earned it. Uh congratulations uh man, it, your first Q shutout uh it's a it's a big honor. So, uh that's it for that part uh contest giveaway. You did it, dude. You stumped, we stumped the listeners. fans. Every uh, single one of them you stumped them. I just don't understand. It was so easy. Uh so yeah, it's um we wanted you to tell us who the six Wildcats yeah. were in, in franchise history. Uh the six Wildcats defensemen uh to record a, a hat trick. Um a lot of the answers I got were the main three. Um so it's Alexandre Vigneault, there's He wasn't one of them. Wow. Uh, David Savard. He was one of them. Jordan Spence, Brandon Gormley, Keith yeah. Yandel. Actually, the ones that I got the most, there was four or five people that responded. Uh, and the one, the three that they got that I kept saying, you got three, were Gormley, Savard, and Spence. I was mm-hmm. shocked that a lot of people didn't get Yandel. Yeah, Yandel, Savard, Spence, Vigneault, uh, Gormley. Gormley, that's and five. The sixth one, uh, Brad Uskin. So, uh, which I feel like you've said before, yeah, it's all ties together. <laughs> um, so what do we want to do this? We, we want to make it easier this week, or yeah, we'll, we'll to... make it we'll make it easier with the uh teddy bear toss. Wildcats have had two in the Avenir Center, uh, 2018 against St. John, 2019 against Bathurst. So, um, just DM us the two goal scores for those games in 2018 and 2019. 
We don't need the time. We don't need the assists. We don't need anything else. Just give us the two goal scores uh, in those games, and you will be entered for a chance to win a 60-minute massage from Rosemary Lynn's Massage. Uh, so we're at that time of the show. That's it. That's it for us. Uh, but before we get out of here, we got Tim's pick. He print, he picked Francis Langlois. So you go back to 2018. Uh, Chris picked Kyle Foreman. You picked uh, Jordan Spence. And I picked Nicholas Kingsbury Fournier. Oh, wow. Uh, that's yeah, cool. Okay. That's going back. Okay. Uh, and then in 2019, uh, I can't tell you if one of those players scored or not. Uh, in 2019, you picked uh, Jacob Hudson. And okay. I took Phil Dau. Okay. Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny one of those players scored. Uh, so, Shawinigan, Sunday, 4 o'clock, the teddy bear toss. Who allows the teddy bears to hit the ice? Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with... I got to stick with him. Thomas Oje. Yeah. I I almost wrote that down for you because I was... That's why I let you go first because I, I thought about stealing it from you. But um, part of me really wants to swing for the fences, but I don't... Th- think it's going to happen so i will get a first of this year uh and it's a it's his first home game so i'm gonna go nick blagden okay <laughs> let's go we're rolling yeah. with the uh, fourth line grind <laughs> yeah. here all right one of those nice uh grinding type goals uh uh from a fourth line unit there i kind of wanted to swing the fences with Hamel, but i'm like no nah. i uh, mean can if you imagine oh and I got it right. That would be uh, that would be something else. All right. We want to thank Tim Roselle for joining us tonight on the show to talk about the road trip. And uh, don't forget, this Friday is Era Night versus Shikutami at 7 p.m. And then Sunday is the Teddy Bear Toss versus Schwinnigan at 4 p.m. as well. Tomorrow, please take time to remember those who have made the ultimate sacrifice for mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. so we can live in this country and we can do what we do to bring this show to you guys. Thank you for your continued support. And uh, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I really.